0: Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at ApostlesHouston.org. Good morning, Apostles. Good morning. Um, it's a pleasure just to be here this morning, just to share a word with you all that I hope will uh, just, just stick with you. Because honestly, this is one of those passages that we just read in the gospel that I find, gosh, a little troubling sometimes, right? Because I, I feel like it's one of those passages where, where it holds up this mirror right in front of you and really begs the question do you believe this? Not, a, not just do you believe it, but, but do you live out of, of the truth we find in, in this passage? Um I don't know about you guys, but for me as a as a just as a person, but as a as a husband, as a father, as a business owner, life throws a buffet of things to worry about at me every single day, right? <laughs> There's, uh, you know, invoices from clients coming in, cash flow, all that aspect, paying my team, make sure they're all good to go. There's the, you know, should we grow, should we expand like this, growing, you know, business concerns, I, you know, just all those things just from the day-to-day operation. There's, there's the aspect of raising uh, two little kids right now and, and, and growing family and, and just what that brings about. Just, you know, man, what's going on with my kids today? You know, this, it's a great day today. Tomorrow is, whew. We're, we're having all sorts of a basket of emotions, you know. Um, there's, am I being a good husband? Am I, you know, being a good partner with, with Ashley? Or, or, are we uh, um, uh, um, just in a good place together? There's always a feeling that, gosh, that, that, that I could do more, that. Um, that And that anxiety is just creeping in. Honestly, it feels like, like I don't know if you've ever been on the banks of like the Mississippi River or whatnot. you have like the the levees on there, and the river's on on there, and when a hurricane comes through there, it's, it's pushing against the levees, and that's what I feel like every day we're facing on our soul, the levees of our soul, the anxiety and the worry that wants to um, just overtake it. And despite knowing right, that God is my provider, I've walked with him for almost my entire life. I've seen him provide in ways that would just astound me, that caught me off guard. I've seen his faithfulness day in and day out. But I feel like the Israelites have needed, constantly forgetting his faithfulness. When I reach a problem or things feel overwhelming and I feel that choking anxiety coming up to here, right? like I'm drowning and I need help. And I, and I feel like despite knowing that, that he's my provider, he has promises for me, um, gosh, I, I often act as if it's, ever, it's all up to me. I, I got to solve the problem. I, I got to fix this. It, it's just up to me. I'm by myself in this situation. This sense of, of self-reliance, quite honestly, we can put a term to it. It's, it's, it, it's called an orphan mindset. It, it's this mindset of it's all up to me. I'm by myself. No one is here to help me. It's up to me. To make this happen it's this it's this mentality right that that um, that we are alone we've been abandoned we've been cast out we've been uh, rejected if you will and there's no one else coming to help it's up to me pull myself up by my own bootstraps honestly for um for ashley and i we um um uh went through the foster adoption process with our oldest daughter and uh and um that was quite a journey, and um, uh, we saw God's hand move in so many different ways. But part of those things is you go through a lot of training to, to, be, to be, be a foster parent. You have to go through a lot of uh, uh, intensive courses that deal with how to help kids who've been through traumatic experiences like separation. They've been removed from homes, um, and they've been put in a world they didn't choose to be in. Right? They had adults around them that, that made choices that impacted where they are, and, um, and there they are. They're, they're thrust out there. And one of the things that we oftentimes would talk about in these trainings and that we deal with every day is that that trauma of separation and isolation produces a whole litany of things for these kids that they have to deal with their, the rest of their life. Um, the anxiety, the, that depression, sadness, feelings of, of isolation, difficulties attaching to people, either they, they go all in for everybody that shows them any, any ounce of love, or they withdraw from everybody else, and they're just off, off alone. And quite honestly, that is our experience as the human race. We've been separated from God because of sin. The trauma of that has caused deep, deep suffering around us. You look around the world today, what do we see? Pain, suffering, attachment issues. We see a world that is hurt and that is in need of that redemption, of that belonging, and that invitation into that the gospel gives, that Jesus gave us, that we, are, that we belong. You're loved. You're provided for. You're cared for. And honestly, that, that, that started back with Adam and Eve, right? They, they lived in the garden. Let's set the stage. You know the story well. They were in the garden. They were cared for, loved, provided for. They were crafted by God himself. They had all their needs met. They didn't worry about anything. They knew they were in relationship with him. They knew him. But they believed the lie of the enemy that said, "This is not, you can't trust God. He is not who He says He is." And they in that moment, took on this lie that has affected all of us for, for the rest of time. We're constantly dealing with this issue, and we're all orphans trying to survive on our own in the world. Even as Christians, right? We're adopted. We know, we know our place. We still struggle with this because we want to rely on our own strength. Honestly, that's one of the misconceptions in the world of adoption and foster care that people think, oh, well, they're adopted. We're good. Got that court date. Everything's solved. We're, we're, we're fantastic. And that's not the case. You're, you're dealing with a lifelong thing of daily reminding, daily operating as a family that, you, that, that that child is safe, they belong, they are loved, they're cared for, their needs are met. And you're daily fighting those, those lies, as they creep in, you're, you're constantly counteracting that by setting up places uh, of, of that love, safety, and protection. And that's the same with us. God has to do that with us. We come from places of trauma, of sin, of separation from God. And daily, we have to, to know and, 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 and just be... Um, <laughs> washed over by his love, because the worries and anxieties of everyday life can feel so overwhelming, and that, and, that, and that orphan mentality can truly lead to just fear and self-preservation, and we just, we get overwhelmed. And honestly, like, <laughs> I love this so much because this is exactly the world that Jesus came into, right? He steps into a place where people, the, 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 the Israelites, right, are, are steeped in this orphan mentality, right? They've, they're now in a process of we got to please God, we got to earn his love, we got to earn, earn that affection, we, we have to do all of these things. At this point, the, um, the practice they had, had, they add on like 800 more rules to the initial rules that were in the Torah. They just, it was always the case of you, you have to do more you to earn God's love. You are not safe, loved, and cared for. In fact, you have to be perfect for this to work out. And Jesus steps into this place with the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. He comes with a message of belonging, that the kingdom is not distant, it's here, it's present. He is the kingdom of God, bringing that in there. He came to rescue people from orphanhood and bring us into that family. He knows what it's like to be surrounded by spiritual orphans because that's what he, the world he stepped into that, and that mess, and, and he offered a way out of that cycle of anxiety and self-preservation. And the central theme of his message as i just said was that the kingdom of god is here and it's characterized by the rule and the reign of god in this world marked by love care and provision for its citizens us children of god as we just read in romans right there right like this this beautiful this beautiful verse that paul says that we've been adopted into the kingdom of god we've been adopted into the family of god and we now get to say abba father As we read the words of Matthew chapter 6, um, let me just reread it again um, uh, really quickly here. So just um, turn if you want to to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Um, I just love this Sermon on the Mount because it really lays out the groundwork. This is Jesus' vision. This is his mission. And um, in this passage, we're, we're, we're faced with this... With this uh, test, if you will, this barometer um, of how we see God in this passage. Do we believe these words? So let's read it again. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not more, uh, are, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you anxious? About clothing, consider the lilies of the field. How they grow; they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory uh, was not arrayed like one of them. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Which has a note there. That little faith there doesn't mean like um, you have no faith. That's that's a phrase that means disciple, basically. That's what he was saying. O you disciples. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I want to bring us to really three truths that we find in this passage. The first one is that God is a loving and caring Father. Jesus uses this analogy throughout this passage and throughout his life <laughs> um, of a caring father who provides for his children, and it illustrated how much our Heavenly Father cares for us. We can trust in God and his provision for our lives. You know, in the foster adoption world, we have this training that we use called Trust-Based Relational Intervention. Fancy word. Uh, it's called TBRI. If you're ever in that world, you'll, 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 you'll hear that phrasing. Basically, it was made by this uh, amazing Christian woman, uh, uh, Dr. Karen Purvis. And she brought research-based philosophy, basically, to find out how do we reach kids and heal them when they've been in situations like this, or like coming out of trauma. Because a lot of times it was, these fear-based approaches or just like they thought they had mental illness and, and, or, or, or just like there's just a problem here, we don't know how to handle it. And they would just, you know, they didn't have a trust-based Uh, model for it all. And so she really built this training on how to heal uh, 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 children who were harmed and coming out of these hard places. And it really centered on earning trust and building deep emotional connections to anchor and empower them, right? And so God uses that connection with us to heal us and restore us. And this notion here that God is a loving and caring father, that may be foreign to some people as well. Because we've had very poor examples sometimes of what a father is, we, we've been neglected. Perhaps you were abused. Perhaps, you know, just all of those sort of things can happen. And we can hear the term father and it, we'd have no relation to what that is. We don't know what that looks like. And Jesus in this passage is modeling what that is. Hey, God has you. God is your father. He cares about you more than even a blade of grass, like a flower that's never going to be seen. But he cares about that. But he cares about you more than that. And Jesus is stepping into this space and saying that. He's also saying that God is not only loving and caring, he's also faithful and trustworthy. We can believe his words. This isn't the, These aren't the, uh, the, the bold utterances of someone who has no uh, ability to follow up with this. God follows up with this. He's faithful and trustworthy. We're reminded that worrying about tomorrow only adds to our burden. Instead, we're called to focus on today and trust that God will provide for us each day. You know, One of those examples that that training, the uh, trust-based training, teaches when helping kids come out of these hard places is is, is it emphasizes the importance of providing structure and consistency in caregiving and parenting. When you're dealing with kids who haven't had consistency, they've been lost in their own trying to figure out their own place. They've been just that self-reliance. They need consistent care and those healthy boundaries around where they're at. And because of that, in the same way, God provides structure and care for our own life, right? Through his laws, through his commandments, which are designed to protect and, and guide us in the right path. He's laid out those plans that provide structure for this. We choose all the time. I, man, me included. Every day, Whoa, a, I'll go this way, I'll go this way over here. But it, it, he's, a, he's always lovingly bringing us back to those plans because he provides that for our life. He provides consistency in his love and care for us, never leaving or forsaking us. Again, we've had such poor examples many times of this, so it's hard for us to know this. And, but daily, he reminds us of this. He's consistent even when we're not. Even when we're floundering around, running this way and that. Um, you know, that, That's one of the things, again, when kids have come out of this place, that's, you're going to ride emotional highs, and they tell you this. Like, listen, whew. don't take anything personal that they're going to say, because they're going to say a lot. They've been through so many things, and they're gonna, their emotions, they have no control and it's going to go up and down, up and down. You're going to go highs. You're going to go lows. You have to be constant. And that's hard. (laughs) Believe me, that's so hard. But it's, and how much do we fail in that every day? But God is not, he doesn't fail in this. He is always constant. God's creation also reflects his provision and care. Just look around. As Jesus said here so beautifully, look at the birds of the air. By the way, just as a note, he's not saying, you know, don't, just, just, just be on a perch and just sit there and wait for things to drop out of the, out, out of the sky. That's not his point. Work hard, do those things as, 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 as the Bible lays out in Proverbs and whatnot. But what his point is is that you're operating out of not of fear, but you're operating out of, out of your calling and what you're called to do versus, versus, versus um, out of fear. And so Jesus uses those examples just to really bring our attention to the fact that nothing is too small for God and nothing escapes his eye and his care. Every need you have, the smallest thing, uh, he cares for. Honestly, I see this every day in running my business. It's amazing. I don't know how people run businesses and not walk with the Lord. The anxiety alone is enough. And so I've seen him just literally reschedule like schedules. I'm like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Like Lord, I need this, and it's amazing. Things just fold into place. Just trusting in Him, seeing Him just provide in just those seemingly small ways that I'm like. I've got this, or the sense of failure if I don't have it. And it's like he protects us in all those areas. And so we can truly look to those, um, the, those things in nature to just see again his provision and care for us. You know, meeting a child's basic needs, physically and emotionally, is essential to build that trust and connection, right? It's one of those other aspects of training. And so in the same way, God provides for us in ways that are tailored to individual needs. That's one of the beautiful... The, beautiful things just about this message as jesus shares this that it's so individualized to every person it's what your needs are like like um on days when i'm really got it on my schedule and like you know crushing it i'm waking up five in the morning going for a walk and whatnot it's just you know on those days very very, rare as they are honestly i i started recently like just praying through the lord's prayer uh on those walks um and when i Uh, just make it personal in my own words. And when I reach the spot of just our our daily bread, I'm like, well, what's the bread I need today? What do I need today? I I need to solve this problem. I need to have some, some, some... like, what's the bread that I need for this moment? Is it time? Is it, is it, is it funds for my, my team? It, what is that? And it really, I ask Lord, like, Lord, I thank you for that bread today. You already know my needs, and I thank you for that. I need to step back and walk in peace in this, knowing that you've already, you've already met the needs there. So when faced with this, where do you find yourself in this passage? You know, you may have worries and fears about the future, but we can cling, you can cling to God as your father and in your adoption into his family and your identity as a child of God. You can trust that he knows your needs, he'll provide for for you and you can rest in the assurance you are not alone in this world but have a heavenly father who loves you, who cares for you, who sees your needs before you even know that they're there. As I mentioned, some of you may have had horrible examples of this in your life. You may have had a father that abused, neglected, abandoned the responsibility. People are flawed. God is not that way. You know, in my previous job, I got to serve on, um, um, as a pastor on a, a team and I would counsel um, um, a lot of people and they would come in there and nine out of ten times, the root issue of what was going on was abandonment. It felt like God had abandoned them, that they didn't do enough, that they had control, that they, in essence, were, were little g-gods, and they could control him or manipulate him by being good, really good, and getting their way, or by they did the wrong thing, and so now God's mad at them and punishing them and just this, 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 this uh, oppressive view. And I found, it was almost consistently, that was the root issue, abandonment from God. They had, and they had a terrible experience with their heavenly or or, or their earthly parents who had abandoned them, given up on them. As adopted children of God, he heals us every day from these wounds by, by being faithful, by being loving, by being caring. He is always there. Again, when we walk as adopted children, it shifts our motives every day. It moves us in a different place. We work not out of fear of lack, I don't have enough, but rather out of a calling. What's God called me into? To be the best person in this role, not out of a sense of, of, of fear, but because he's put me in this spot to make a difference in, these, in the lives of people who are here. We, we serve not out of idolatry, not out of a place of like, it's just for me, or, 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 or we just had this sense of lack with that, but we serve out of worship. We choose not to worry, not out of denial, not out of a place of just, let me shove it over there and not think about it, but out of a place of belonging. We know he's got it. He's good. Here's one of the most important things about the adoption process is that family in the plan is not forced on you. We have a choice to make each day regarding who or rather what we will serve and worship. God gives us a freedom to make that choice and decision for ourselves. He doesn't force us to follow him, but rather invites us into this relationship with him and empowers us to choose um, to trust and follow him. I love that um, passage we were reading in Romans. Um, I'll read just from verse, so it's chapter 8 and verses 14 through 16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, as we go out into this week, facing the things we have going on, it's on your calendar right now, what are some practical ways that we can make this real in our life this week? Well, One, I want to say this. First thing we need to do, and Jesus says this at the end, seek first, the kingdom of God. It's a daily renewal. Again, when working with kids who've been through these hard places, it's a daily reminder of providing that safety, that connection, that belonging. And for us, that means for us, it's important that we seek God's kingdom first. Jesus Jesus says to seek this first because like in doing so, all these things will be added unto us, and this means that our priorities should be centered around God's kingdom and His ways, and not all the things of this world. When we put God first, He takes care of the rest. Honestly, what was interesting is when they were, when when Jesus was giving this sermon, they, they there was a um, a Roman town within stone's throw of it, and it was known for its hedonistic um, attitude. People would just go crazy there. They were living up uh, up life. They were just constantly in just this state of of um, you know, just, just the world. And so Jesus is saying this in the midst of that, in the shadow of that city, and he's saying, look, they're worrying about this. Every day is this, is this it's a rat race, if you will. You have his place of belonging, and when you, when you put my kingdom first, you seek this first, you are renewing your mind with this. The kingdom of God, too, is not just a future reality, but a present one. That's, I love what Jesus is telling us here. Through our trust and obedience to God, we participate in the kingdom and experience its benefits in our lives. As we trust in God's faithfulness and provision, we can live with confidence and peace, knowing that our loving Father is always with us, caring for us and guiding us on the right path. We can also trust in God's provision. Jesus reminds us that our Heavenly Father knows our needs, will provide for us. We can trust in his provision and care for us, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. We can rest in the knowledge that he is in control, has a plan for our life. Again, this isn't just a platitude to get a Hobby Lobby to throw up on your kitchen wall, right? This is true. This is, this is, this is one of these things that, again, when we, come, when, we, when we daily renew our minds, we seek his kingdom first, we know that he's going to meet all of our needs. His provision is constant. It is good. And it may not be the way it, you think it should show up, but it's always the way you need it to show up. The last thing is we need to let go of anxiety what is anxiety? Fear. It's fear. Fear of control, fear of lack of control. It's fear. I don't have it together. Some of you in this room are facing this right now. You're up to here with anxiety. You're barely catching your breath. You've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, and you're facing down all sorts of things. Maybe it's health issues. Maybe it's family issues. Maybe it's personal issues, work, whatever it is. Perfect love casts out all fear. When we know God, we seek the kingdom, we trust in his provision, we can let go of that anxiety. Jesus says it so well, bring all your burdens to me. <laughs> I love what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 6-7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and, and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. You know, um, I want to close today by telling y'all actually adoption story about Abigail, because I think it perfectly illustrates this um, message. So in 2018, um, Ashley and I were um, uh, we weren't having kids, and, and it was, um, wasn't a source of worry or fear, but it was just like, all right, well, it's, it's, it's not happening. We knew adoption would happen at some point. We, w- we had a heart for that, but we were like, we both worked in nonprofit jobs. We weren't making a ton, and uh, we were like, listen, let's get a little bit of our feet under us a bit. We'll get more stable ground, and then we'll, we'll make that jump. Great. Good plan. Um, in, in, in fact, on a Sunday, we had just met and told my parents' plan. We had lunch, and we were talking with them. We're like, yeah, we, we think we'll wait about a year. Good deal. Well, that Friday, I get a call from Ashley, and she says, hey, just got a call from my brother. And, uh, and he had just received a call from, um, from Child Protective Services. And he, and he proceeded to go on and explain that their adopted daughter, um, um, that it was, it was it told to them by C- 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 CBS that their adopted daughter had a biological sister that had just been placed into care. She was six months old, and, and, um, and, she was, and, and they'd really try to put kids together um, as a family. At the time, though, Ashley's brother, uh, they were currently fostering a little boy to adopt him, and so they weren't licensed to have more than one kid in their home. And so they, they said, hey, we already let them know that y'all were um, good to go. You're ready. <laughs> That's great. I got off the phone. She said, hey, I'll be home in half an hour. We'll talk then. So I, I got off the phone, and like immediately, uh, several verses came to mind. One, James, where it talked about that true religion is this. Thank you. Um, to, to serve the orphan and the widow. Um, second one was from Psalms, right there, where, like, the righteous will not go hungry. The children of the righteous will not go hungry. And it was like, God's good. He's got this. And the third passage was from here Seek first the kingdom of God, and he'll provide. And we didn't know what we we're going to step into. And it was three years, it was a process. You can go ahead and place that picture up there. She. Um, This was our very first meeting with her in August, and she came over for a visit. She was seven months old at this time, and that was our that picture right there. It, it stays up, up, up on my uh, bedside. Just um, that's her meeting us for the very first time. She had no idea who we were. In fact, when she came in her home, she was asleep and a little uh, in her car seat, and she woke up and terror was on her face as she looked in her eyes. She didn't know who we were. We were strangers. She was thrust in this world, because, just no one's choice of her own, but she was put in this, in this space. And um, over the course of that afternoon, as we got to know her, she warmed up, and there's just this look, and I, I love this picture so much. It was the very first time that she truly was looking in my eyes. I was looking at her eyes. And I'm reminded of this because it is how God sees us. He provided for our needs in that time, those three years I've never seen uh, it blew my mind every day. We didn't pay for a diaper for the first four years. We we had people give us things that were nice things, good things that were great for. We didn't have any money to start a family much less the things you need as many of you know that it gets expensive these days and we saw God's God provision meet our needs time and time and time again in overabundant ways not our needs her needs we saw him show up show up day in and day out he cares for the orphan he cares for those who've been abandoned he cares for those who've been cast aside and he cares for you honestly, in that time, we just really saw the heart of God as a father. We saw him draw near to us. When, er, when there were places of concern, we didn't know what the next call was going to be. We got a call from the judge, and we're like, this could go either way. Tomorrow, we could go the way we don't want. And in that, we just knew, we're like, man, either way, we've got the chance to love this little girl, and it, whatever way this looks like, um, we're good. We're resting it in his, in his will. Um, COVID happened. We, we got to adopt her in um, uh, July of 21. Yes. And, um, and it was a beautiful moment. She's five years old right now, going on six. And every day, it's that process of reminding her she's loved, cared for, provided, taken care of. That love is constant. It's not going anywhere. And God does that with us every day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your words. Of hope. I thank you, Father, just for who you are, God. You are such a good Father. You love us. You care for us. You provide for us. You are trustworthy. Father, I pray right now for, for anyone here right now who is experiencing this, who is going through moments right now of, of, of anxiety and worry and fear. I pray right now just for your Spirit to move on them, I thank you, Lord, that you draw near in those times. I pray for anyone right now too who maybe doesn't know you as that father, who doesn't know you as that, as that provider. They've not been adopted in your family. They've not made the choice to accept you as, as, as their father. I pray right now just that you would move on their hearts as well, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are such a good father to us. And I pray this week for whatever things that are facing us, that we would be reminded, God, of your words here in the gospel and the good news of your kingdom, that we are adopted children and we are called sons and daughters of God. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at ApostlesHouston.org.